Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to Phil in Exile. I hope you're doing well. I, myself, am having a bit of an existential crisis. But then again, what's new? I, I could have just named this the Phil in Existential Crisis podcast because... I kind of operate at a low-level dread over something pretty much all the time. And this time, it's over... Well, let me ask this question. D does, does anybody else find that they have some seemingly mundane activity that, that I think normal people do in their lives that doesn't seem to bring them stress, but it really stresses you out? Now, I'm not talking about taxes or something like that where we all feel a little stressed out about that. But I'm talking about something that's genuinely not a big deal, but somehow it takes on weird sort of crazy psychological importance in your head. Well, I have that going on right now with something very specific, um, and it has to do with me getting a haircut. I know, I know, it should not be a big deal. There's the obvious stuff, like the fact that I'm going to be getting a haircut for the first time ever in a new country, and, you know, I, I may have to use some language to express that. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Let, let, me, let me take you back a little. Let me take you back. Put you in the Wayback Machine. So I think, I think haircuts, I mean, if you think about it, nothing really is more immediately, obviously transformative and noticeable to people when they see you. They go, oh, oh, you got a haircut. I mean, unless you're one of those people who, you know, like Patrick Bateman, get your hair cut every 11 days so no one ever notices that it's in need of a cut, but then you're a psycho if you do that. If you're just a normal person who gets your hair cut when it gets too long, that means it has grown to the point that it has taken on a new form and you go get it cut dramatically enough that it changes. Now, there are people like like my daughter, you know, she's really into changing her hairstyles. We're always asking, you know, to bangs or not to bangs. That is the question. Uh, you know, she recently dyed her hair pink because she can. Um, you know, there's those kind of things. But I'm just talking about somebody who has a hairstyle that they've committed to and this is their hairstyle and they're not looking to deviate, but they're going to have to get it trimmed enough, cut enough that people are going to say, oh, you got your hair cut. Like, they're going to go, oh, you got your hair cut. And, and so that right there, people are going to notice you, okay? They're going to, you're, you're drawing attention to yourself, which I, I, I don't particularly like to draw attention to myself visually because I, I am not a, um, I, I, I'm, you know, I've got a face for radio. Let's put it, I've got a face for podcasting. But I, I, I find myself thinking, okay, I, I'm going to have to get my hair cut and people are going to go, oh, wow, you got your hair cut. But also, I feel like your haircut says something about you that maybe you don't even mean for it to say. I think everybody would say they want their hair to look good, quote, unquote, good. They want their haircut to look good. But what does that mean? I think it's more than just looks good. I think you choose a hairstyle because of a variety of reasons. Some are more practical than others, you know, but... But I, I think you want somehow this to match who you are. I mean, even the idea of pragmatic hair, like I want my hair to be practical and simple and easy, that is a statement about who you are. So contained in this haircut decision, what is your hairstyle? There's a lot already going into that, isn't there? I mean, you can admit that to me now. 
So right off the bat, choosing a hairstyle, committing to a hairstyle, getting your hair done, that, that says a lot about you. And then when you let it go and it begins to sort of leave that normal realm, what people are used to and gets longer, then people form opinions about that, right? They are, they're like, oh, they either like it, they like it longer. Oh, I like your hair longer. I like, this was a debate my wife and I had because I had very short hair for many decades. And she was like, you know, I like it when your hair's longer. And, you know, I'm not a complete monster. I like trying to make the woman who loves me happy sometimes. I don't mean I like making her unhappy other times. I just mean sometimes I'm smart enough to go, hey, dummy, why don't you be nice to your wife? Uh, some of us are stupider than others. But I thought to myself, you know, okay, I've got to pick this hairstyle. So years and years and years ago, I, I was, I remember in about sixth grade, I decided to go from just the sort of child hair combed down. Just uh, really, that was at that point when I was a kid, it was just making sure that like the cowlicks and like, I think, I think when I was a little kid, I still like bathed at night and then I'd get up in the morning to go to school and I'd have all this like pillow hair. And, uh, and I, I switched over to suddenly in middle school being concerned a little bit about grooming and what I looked like. And I remember I made the conscious decision to part my hair to the side, to do a side part on the left side of my head. And, uh, you know, this was still the early 80s. And so, you know, it was, it was a question because people were still doing the, the feathered look down the middle. The 70s were hanging on for dear life. And there was that sort of feathered look. My older brothers did the feathered look when they were in high school. And they, you know, they looked cool to me. But I, I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the, the comb from the left part on the side. And I remember the day I walked into class and I had done this. And I, and I remember this kid. Maybe this is the traumatizing moment. This is my villain arc. This kid next to me in class is like, oh, you changed your hair. What did you do? Oh my gosh, that looks so stupid. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, it, it, in my brain, he sounded like that, like a, you know, weirdo. But he probably just went, oh, look, you did your hair differently. But, you know, I, my insecurity monster came out. And so I, I remember that moment of making that decision, but I committed. I was like, yeah, so what? I, I comb my hair. I parted my hair to the side. So what? And, uh, but then when you make that decision, now you've got a maintenance issue. I've got to deal with this hair. So then I remember about that same time. So in middle school, I was trying to find a place to go get my hair cut. And my, my parents somehow heard that there was a barber shop on the east side of town that was cheap. That was the main criteria. Three, getting three sons hair cut, you know, we were looking for cheap, you know, the, the word stylist was not what we were looking for. We were looking for cheap haircut. And we found this barbershop, true barbershop, the little, you know, red and white pole out front. And, um, and so we went in there and there were, it was, it was a dive, man. It was a crusty place. Park Mall Barbers. I love this place though. I really loved it. And uh, it was, it was, it had its own sort of charm because it was, it was not pretty. It was a, a bunch of middle-aged dudes uh, they were all country boys who'd learned to cut their hair, cut hair. And, and, um, and, and, and it was, it was actually in the days when you could still smoke indoors. And I remember several of them, they were just like doing haircuts with cigarettes dangling from their lips. And you like, you smelled like smoke when you left, but they did simple haircuts, just simple haircuts. And they were cheap. It was $7 a haircut. And that was the big draw for my parents, cheap haircut. And so my parents bustled us all over to Park Mall Barbers and were like, give the boys haircuts. And of course, then you're faced with this grand existential question about who you are as a person. They go, how do you want your haircut? 
What do you want us to do to your head? And I was just kind of caught flat-footed. I thought, isn't it sort of self-evident? Like, isn't it your job to look and go, oh, I see, he's parting it to the side, so we... You know, they, I, I was like, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. So they had this sign up on the wall that was like yellowed, grayed, old cardboard from the American Barber Association. I guarantee you, this was from the 1950s, and it said "Official Men's Hairstyles," and it had again. Not ironically, this was not like, oh, look, we're being retro. This was like, this is how boys should cut their hair. This is the correct way. And most of them were just variations on military haircuts. But uh, I remember looking up and seeing one that didn't look completely like I was enlisting in the military and was parted to the side, and it was called the regular boy's haircut. And I thought, you know, maybe that's telling. I just want to be a regular boy. But I was like, I'll uh, I'll take that one. And they gave me the regular boy's haircut. And uh, that became my defining look. It was quite short, kind of gray walls almost fade on the, on the side. Um, and, and a short haircut. Enough to part, but not much more. Just enough to kind of create the part. But then there wasn't really a lot to move over. I was mostly just putting a, a part in the Red Sea on the left side, but then it was just kind of mostly leaning at that point. Not a lot of hair. And I found that this really suited me. It was great. I loved this because, because it was very no maintenance. I didn't have to think a lot about it. You know, if you, if you happen to oversleep and wake up in the morning, you didn't have long, greasy hair. You could kind of fake it. If you just got a little wet, it didn't look too bad for the day. You know, it was a very efficient haircut. I lived in Texas. It was hot all summer long. Actually, it was hot half the spring and most of the fall as well. And so, you know, having a short haircut was beneficial in that way too, so that you had a little bit of uh, uh, air conditioning up top. I just generally, I was like, well, that's it. That's done. I like, I've, I've settled this issue. It, it felt great. I have settled the haircut issue once and for all. And what was fantastic was I ended up, I, I cycled through a couple of the barbers at that place, you know, because I would walk in and whoever was available, I just took whoever was available. But then one day I, I got this guy named Jackie. Jackie was something else. If you've ever seen the uh, cartoon uh, King of the Hill with uh, Boom Hour, I think the guy's name, who kind of mumbles like that. That's how Jackie talked most of the time. I, I understood about 5% of what Jackie said over our entire relationship. And I got my hair cut with him for about 35 years. Um, I like to think of it as, as us reaching a very elevated form of nonverbal communication. But the truth is, I just, I, I really didn't know what he was saying most of the time. And in those early days, he'd ask me a question, go, hey, partner, I got the partner. I'd walk in the door and he'd give me a finger gun and kind of go, Hey, partner. And that meant come get in the chair. And he'd go, and I was like, uh, yes, yes. And I could tell he looked at me like, I don't, you don't, we're not actually communicating. But he kind of shrugged, light a cigarette, and start cutting my hair. And the good news was he, he figured out what I wanted. I didn't have to explain it to him. I didn't know how to say taper or we're going to use a number three guard or I, I want feathering or I need it like, uh, do I want a, 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 a rounding or a squared block on my neck or whatever? I, we just, we understood each other, Jackie and I. We just had an understanding. It was a beautiful moment between two human beings. 
And that relationship lasted for decades. I even moved to Seattle as an adult in my 30s. And, and I had one unfortunate, horrible haircut experience there where I went in to get my haircut because it needed it. And somebody looked at me and once again, I was right back at age 12 and they were saying, how do you want your haircut? And I was like, I, the way Jackie does it, this but shorter. Like, I didn't know what words to use. I didn't know. And it was it, it was exacerbated by the fact that because I got it cut so short most of the time, I didn't really have to go in that often. I'd kind of let it go and get a little too long. And, you know, Jackie would kind of sigh and shrug and, you know, get out the clippers, fire those babies up, and then start trimming off the, 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 the hedge. But, I, I mean, I didn't know what to say to this person in Seattle. And I came home and my wife was like, dear God. What has happened to your head? And I was like, I don't know. I, there was a miscommunication. So then I just timed all of my trips home. We had we had young children and we had death in the family and we had reasons to get back home. And I would just time it so that I could get a haircut. Even when I lived across the country in Seattle, I would go back to the Park Mall Barbers and get my haircut because I didn't have to think about it. I could just close my eyes and relax and let Jackie do his thing. And it got to where it was it was great because then he would like give me like a, a hot lather shave with a straight razor and then he'd wrap my face in a hot towel and just, you know, the classic barbershop thing. It was fantastic. It was really good. But I'll be honest, a few years ago, there was a tragedy in my life. Jackie, ha he, he retired. Can you believe the can you believe the gall? He retired from haircutting. Like, doesn't he understand he has a huge responsibility to me? I've built my life around him. And now he hauls off and decides he can go retire. I I don't I was lost. And and I've been in the wilderness ever since. I've been and you know, I was kind of like a person who has a bad breakup and then they just sort of get like they they really lower their standards and are kind of like a little like grossly promiscuous like i started going to like great clips and super cuts and kind of like i don't care just just short i don't do whatever i don't care like it was a little seedy for a lot of years there i tried one i tried to like my wife would try to cut it or i would try to i i've actually tried to cut my own hair a couple times that was pretty bad and and the thing was is that we i'd moved away a little bit from the short haircut i told i had begun to tell in the last decade tell jackie a little longer because my wife likes it longer as i said i was trying to kind of play along because originally that short haircut while convenient and cool in the summers i came to find out that it looked terrible on me um my wife put up with it when we were dating and stuff and for, you know, for the first years of our marriage. But she eventually was like, you know, have you thought about leaving a little? It looks nice when it's longer. It looks good when it's longer. Maybe you just leave it. And, then, you know, and I, I remember asking my dad in those early married years, I was like, you know, Becca is telling me that maybe I should get my hair cut, you know, a, a little longer these days. And he's like, oh, well, you have always looked a little bit like a pinhead. <laughs> That was that was he was being he was being nice. He was just being honest. I looked a little like like a pinhead. Pinhead's not a word you hear a lot anymore, but I I think we all know what that looks like. And uh, and so I like let it get a little bit longer. I told Jackie just a little bit longer. But now I again I was back to not knowing how to ask for things. And you know some of you might say, well the simple answer is well maybe it's time to explore uh, long hair. 
Maybe it's time to explore long hair. Here's the problem with that. I tried that once. When I graduated from high school, my best friend and I made a pact. We were gonna, we were gonna grow a uh, grow a ponytail in our first year of college, and so I didn't cut my hair for over a year. And the thing is, it, it was a disaster. I think an unqualified disaster. So I have very thick hair. It turns out. And people tell me that this is a blessing, and I, I, I get it. it. Usually the people who tell me it's a blessing are like older women married to bald men, and they're like, oh, you have such nice thick hair. And I'm like, well, grass is greener. You know, the hair is greener. Uh, anyhow, I, I, I think I get what they're getting at. I, I'm probably not going to go bald, and for that, I, I'm, I'm grateful. However, so... I, my hair looks like a shrubbery when it gets long. It looks ridiculous. It gets really poofy. I get these patches that just kind of inflate. I get waves in just certain spots. I I get I, I it gets stringy around my ears, and then in the back I get these little flips. It starts to curl up, and and then I'll look in the mirror and I look like like pippy long stocking for crying out loud. It looks ridiculous. So I, I don't really have the whole long hair thing. With Every day I, I let my hair get longer, it just increasingly I look like my Aunt Judy's portrait from 1974, which that's not a knock at Judy. I loved her, but that's just not the look I'm going for. I mean, at best, you might say I look like I'm auditioning for a Bee Gees tribute band. It's just not what I'm looking for. So... So I, I, I need to get it cut. But now if you take all of that identity and, and explaining it to another person, and now you add to it, I'm going to go in and I'm, I'm operating at a language deficit. So how do I say to somebody what I want? I couldn't even say it when I was speaking English to people. I couldn't explain what I wanted from a haircut when I was speaking the same language, when I was using my native tongue. Now I'm going to go in and I'm probably going to come out with a mohawk or, um, you know, some sort of crazy haircut. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm a little terrified. So that, that's where I am this week. I'm, I'm wrestling with how to go get my haircut, but it needs to happen. It needs to happen because I, I, it's ridiculous. I look ridiculous. It's bad. So that's what I hope to accomplish this week. I mean, I hope to accomplish other things, but, um, but that's the one that's probably giving me the uh, most cause for pause. There you go. Deep thought. How, you know, again, surely there's something in your life that that stresses you out. In, in an undue fashion, considering how mundane it is. But for me, it's going to get my hair cut. And, uh, but I, but it, the good news is, is when you have this level of stress over something like a haircut, you really feel like you climbed Everest when you get it done. Like you're like, look at me. Growth mindset. I got my hair cut. Take that, world. I, I'm Phil. Hear me roar. I got my hair cut like every other person in the world does regularly without thinking. Anyhow, that's uh, that's on my mind this week. There's other things. Um, I've, I've had some people uh, respond to me about some uh, earlier episodes um, and ask some questions. Um, apparently, there's, there's some real debate about how I can say I love salsa but uh, hate raw onions. Um, 
you know, I if I thought uh, leaves on the sidewalk were bad here, snow and ice, which we've had for the last week, that one that one's uh, really scary on the sidewalk. But uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I've uh, I've we've muscled through a lot of things. But I'll I'll talk about those another time. But today it's just uh, haircut dread. But I hope that you uh, have. A, a week in front of you that is lovely, that uh, you're able to uh, slay your dragon, be it small or large, be it a haircut or something that actually matters. Either way, I want to make sure that I don't ever sign off without telling everyone, everyone, peace and love to you all.